Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Family Law Talk. Family Law Talk. Presented by Kirk Stangy of Stangy Law Firm, PC, with offices in the Midwest. Stangy Law Firm is a family law firm. Now, here's your host, Kirk Stangy. Welcome to Family Law Talk. We have an interesting topic today. The topic is this, which is risks of bringing others into initial consultation. So let's jump on into the topic itself. Obviously, when a party is going through a divorce or family law matter, one of the most important first steps a party has to take is to find an attorney to represent them in their divorce or family law matter. And obviously, the decision in terms of what attorney to hire is a big decision. It's certainly an important decision. And individuals want to make sure that they hire somebody that they're comfortable with, uh, somebody who's uh, knowledgeable about the area of law uh, in terms of their case, and that the attorney has really the time and the energy and the ability to really help them in terms of walking them through the process and getting them through what is really a difficult time for a lot of parties when they're going through a divorce or family law matter and ultimately parties want to be able to move on with their lives so at the end of the case parties are hoping they can move on with their life and their family uh, as well can move on with their life and so uh, individuals when they're looking for an attorney obviously uh, end up interviewing uh, an attorney to try to find somebody uh, who's the right fit for them and this typically takes place in an initial consultation now some individuals might meet one attorney uh, feel comfortable with that one attorney, hire that attorney, and move on. Obviously, some individuals uh, might meet several attorneys before they make the decision in terms of who they hire to represent them in their divorce or family law matter. Now, in terms of making this decision, lots of individuals are really looking for moral support. Um, they might be looking for a second opinion um, from somebody else who can help guide them through the situation or the circumstance in terms of uh, giving their opinion or their views in terms of the attorney and whether or not they think the attorney is a good fit for them. And so what lots of individuals are really tempted to do when they're going through divorce or family law matter is bring friends or family members with them to the initial consultation, in essence, to help them interview uh, the attorney uh, and then give their opinion in terms of whether the, the attorney is a good fit for them or not a good fit for them. And in saying that, uh, certainly, you know, the rationale in terms of bringing trusted friends or family members with them makes a lot of sense. Uh, you certainly can't blame a party for wanting to do that. I think with big decisions in life, it's really common for individuals to, uh, you know, to bounce, you know, their thoughts, their ideas off other trusted people in their life and, and get the opinion of these other individuals um, right. I think that's common. I think that's normal. I think most people... Uh, do that in all kinds of areas in their life outside of even family law and divorce litigation, right? You just get second opinions from others that are that are close to you and see what they think. And certainly that's a good thing uh, to do. Uh, it's certainly not a bad thing. And I think for anybody, having a mentor or trusted friends or family members in your life is really crucial in terms of just getting through hard decisions, difficult decisions, and then having the ability to really move forward. But in saying that, when an individual is meeting with a divorce or family law attorney, uh, there really is some risk involved in terms of bringing uh, individuals into uh, the, the actual uh, initial consultation with the attorney. And it's important for parties to really understand that and get that and then ultimately uh, make the decision that they need to make in terms of what they want to do. 
Um, and so here's the deal. You know, when an individual meets an attorney um, and talks about uh, matters related to their life, these are confidential meetings, right? What's supposed to take place between an attorney and a potential client is supposed to be confidential. Uh, the information is supposed to be privileged. You know, what's said uh, by the party who's going through the divorce or family law matter, uh, again, is not supposed to, to go outside the, you know, the doors and the walls of the room. And on the flip end, what the attorney says uh, to the potential client who may turn into a client is also supposed to be kept confidential and it's supposed to at the end of the day be privileged and so when friends or family members are brought into the room really the issue is this which is that friend or family law or that that friend or family member right uh, they're not bound by attorney-client privilege and confidentiality right so that friend or family law uh, a friend that you know that family friend who's coming with the potential client into the room, right? They could tell others what was said, right? So uh, they could potentially tell the other party to the case, right? Uh, they could uh, potentially be subpoenaed, even unwillingly, and be brought into the courtroom and, and be asked, you know, in, in terms of what was discussed, what was said, in, in terms of the meeting um, uh, with. Uh, the individual going through the divorce or family law matter. So that's really the risk. The risk is the potential waiver of attorney-client privilege and the potential waiver of confidentiality. And so lots of individuals in hearing that risk really think this, which is, look, my friend or family, law, family member is trusted. Uh, it's somebody uh, who I confide in regularly about uh, certain circumstances in my life, and they're not going to tell anybody you know, what was said, and I trust them. And look, in a lot of instances, uh, that can make a whole lot of sense, right? That friend or family member certainly can be trusted. Uh, they can certainly be somebody who wouldn't willingly uh, tell uh, anybody what was said in that actual meeting. And so that can certainly, certainly be uh, true. But again, there's a couple scenarios that any individual really needs to at least contemplate and think about uh, before they bring these others into the initial consultation room, which is this, which is, again, uh, one, uh, an individual theoretically could be subpoenaed and they could be brought into the courtroom and they could be uh, really questioned in terms of what took place uh, during the consultation or the meeting, right? So even if there's somebody who can be trusted and even if there's somebody who doesn't want to say uh, in terms of what took place in the in the meeting or the initial consultation, they might end up having to do it unwillingly, right? So that is scenario one, and that is why it can be risky uh, on a preliminary level to bring others into the initial consultation. Uh, on the flip end, what a lot of individuals don't think about and contemplate is this, which is sometimes uh, alliances can change in the course of litigation. And this is an unfortunate thing. And it's something I know that can be hard for individuals to really contemplate, uh, but sometimes the, the alliances of friends or family members can flip in the middle of the case, right? So you bring an individual into that consultation uh, with the attorney. You bring that individual into the meeting uh, with the attorney uh, during a consultation or really even otherwise, right? And let's say uh, that individual uh, uh, changes alliances, let's say you get into an argument with them, you get into a dispute with that individual yourself, uh, then uh, what can happen is that individual, that friend, that family member could voluntarily disclose what was said in the initial consultation or the meeting. And, and so again, this is an unfortunate circumstance. Uh, it might not be very common 
right? It might not happen very often, but it certainly can happen, and there's certainly a risk uh, that that could take place. And so it's important for an individual when they're bringing friends, when they're bringing family members or others to the initial consultation or other meetings with the attorney that they at least know this risk, and then they make the decision in terms of whether to bring that individual into the room with the attorney or not, right? Another option for a lot of individuals that they ought to at least think about or contemplate is this, which is, look, you can bring a a friend or or a family member uh, to the initial consultation, right? And maybe they can meet uh, the attorney as the attorney is walking uh, into the consultation room with you, right? So they can shake that attorney's hand. Uh, There can be, uh, you know, that general meeting, and that individual can get an overall impression of the individual. But when you go into that room, with the attorney, you know, maybe it's best to leave them waiting out in the waiting room, right, past that introduction, right? And then uh, they can ultimately uh, uh, be brought back in at the end of the consultation after the confidential information has been discussed, and then theoretically you can, you can bounce off that individual your thoughts and your impressions of the attorney, and then you've got that Uh, mentor or you have that trusted person in there to help you make the decision about whether to hire that actual attorney or not, right? So in a lot of instances, the problem or the risk, let's say, can be alleviated by simply bringing the individual with you and then leaving them in the waiting room when you talk to the attorney. And then when you're done talking to the attorney, then you can, can ultimately confer with that person. But in a lot of instances, it's a lot safer to not bring them into the actual initial consultation itself where you are saying things and the attorney is saying things which which are really protected uh, by attorney-client privilege and confidentiality. And then really on this note as well, I think for, for parties out there, when you're looking for a mentor, when you're looking for a trusted individual in a divorce or family law matter, obviously uh, different individuals can look for different traits, uh, different attributes in terms of the people they rely on. Uh, but just in a very general sense, uh, it might be a good idea uh, to think about uh, finding somebody who's sort of a calming force, right? Somebody uh, who ultimately is very rational, you know, very level-headed, very even in terms of their approach and analysis of uh, circumstances. Because divorce and family law matters, let's face it, uh, can be upsetting, they can be stressful, can result in grief anguish, all kinds of emotions, and what you uh, probably want is somebody who can help even that out, uh, somebody who can help level that out, and what you don't want is somebody who theoretically stirs the pot more, right? If you're feeling anxious, if you're feeling angry, you're feeling upset, you've got somebody who really amplifies those feelings, right? Uh, what, What you ought to look for, or at least consider looking for, is somebody who is a calming force, uh, somebody who's rational, somebody who's level-headed, somebody who will help bring you to a place where at least you feel um, better about the situation and that helps bring you peace. Because at the end of the day, divorce and family law matters can be very, very stressful. And who you confide in, who you talk to, uh, who you rely on uh, can make a big, big difference in terms of your ability to get through a very uh, difficult situation. All right, so that is the topic today. Uh, This topic today was based on an article we have on our blog, familylawheadquarters.com, and the title of that article is The Risks of Bringing Friends or Family into an Initial Consultation. 
And the date of that article is July 29, 2018. So as a follow-up to the episode today, you can go on over to FamilyLawHeadquarters.com and check out that article. Well, thanks for tuning in. Stay tuned to our next episode coming up on Family Law Talk. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to Family Law Talk with Kirk Stange. Visit StangeLawFirm.com for more about today's topic or to put Stange Law Firm to work for your family today. The choice of a lawyer is an important decision that should not be based solely upon advertisements. Neither the Supreme Court of Missouri or Illinois reviews or approves certifying organizations or specialist designations. The information you obtain on this podcast is not, nor is it intended to be legal advice. You should contact an attorney for advice regarding your individual situation. We invite you to contact us and welcome your calls, letters, and electronic mail. Contacting us does not create an attorney-client relationship. Please do not send any confidential information to us until such time as an attorney-client relationship has been established. And finally, past results afford no guarantee of future results, and every case is different and must be judged on its own merits. Kirk Stange is responsible for the content. Principal Place of Business, 120 South Central Avenue, Suite 450, Clayton, Missouri, 63105.